Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1235 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with the Edmonton Oilers in Dallas. Second of a back tonight, back tonight against one of the best teams in the NHL, Dallas Stars. The Oilers, by the way, according to Sports Club stats, have now, after last night's victory against Nashville, moved up to a 96% chance of making the playoffs. They're in a decent spot here. Guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. That's right, it's Alberta owned and operated. 9990 Jasper Avenue, the 99th Roos Chris opened in a town that's got 99. Uh, well, there's, there's that number 99 synonymous with something. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's Wayne from the Edmonton operation back in the old uh, soap opera days. You can tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. Without Further ado, we head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. We are pleased to be joined by a gentleman that played 328 games in the NHL, had over 800 penalty minutes, a Winnipeg Jets draft choice that played two years for Coach Drake at the U of A uh, before literally fighting his way up through the minors into the NHL. Longtime Dallas Stars analyst Brent Severin. Brent, it's Bob. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And you know what that 99 is for? The 99 is for the 99 Cup. That's the day or the year that I got my name on the Stanley Cup. So thank you for bringing that around. That other guy, he's okay. He's all right. But uh, the 99 was a good year for me. Uh, you might actually be seeing the other 99. We'll see if he can make it in for tonight's game. I think he uh, he wasn't there last night in Nashville. But uh, chance, uh, who knows? We'll, we'll see what ends up happening here. Uh Hey, uh, just just while we got you on, I, I'm just I'm just looking at some of the guys you played junior hockey with uh, during your days in Seattle and Brandon and Saskatoon. Um, I, I, we we've discussed this before. The Strathcona Warriors beat Vegreville in the Pee Wee Provincials, and yours truly got a fluke. I got a fluky goal to win it in overtime. Uh, but uh, in Bantams, you guys destroyed us. Though we did have Brad Moline. You remember Brad? He was a decent player in the uh, in the player, Western yeah. League. You played with him. 
Yeah, you played with them later on. But when you think, like, I'm just looking at the penalty minute totals on some of those teams, you know, even your, you know, you're with Saskatoon briefly, uh, you know, and Todd McClellan was on that team. And, uh, well, who was the little guy that was with Washington? Real tough, hard nosed little player. Uh, Kaminsky was with the Killer Kaminsky. Brent, it isn't even like there might be one or two kids on every major junior team today that fights. And when you were playing, uh, there were one or two kids on every team that didn't fight. It's just a completely different world, isn't it? You think so? Yeah, it's a bit different. Like, seriously, I, I was hoping I could come back and be a tough guy in this era because I think I may be heavy like Kim. I could be close. I think there's two guys that maybe I couldn't fight, too, and that's it. Yeah, it's uh, well. You, I mean, you fought George when George was the guy, right? You went after him twice in one night in the late 1990s. Well, sure, it's why I can't breathe out of my right nostril. Yeah, thanks, George. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, now, thanks. Life changing moment for me. Uh, kind of like when Daryl Sador got stuck with you the one time when we were in Anaheim. <laughs> Daryl Ray was losing it during the Bronx. What, what, how does that go uh, when you guys sit there and do uh, the reunion tour from the 99 team and uh, Daryl Snore reminds you, hey, remember that time you ragged all me? <laughs> yeah, so people don't know, when I played for Anaheim, I fought Daryl Sador, and he jumped me, and I kind of threw him away, and then he jumped on me again, and I, and I kind of lost it. So I punched him in the back of the head, broke his nose, and then the next year I'm traded to Dallas, and uh, he's my seatmate on the plane, and uh, what a great guy, though. Felt really bad for that. It was one of the few games and only game that I ever played in the National anywhere, actually, that I was actually sick to my stomach after the game because I had punched him so hard. So, Daryl's a great guy. He's a warrior. He was a guy sticking up for his teammates, uh, but I'm afraid that day paid a price. Yeah, and, and and you know what? It was a byproduct. It was was pa- uh, who was coaching Anaheim at that day? Was that Pierre? Uh, I'm just trying to think of who was coaching the team. Was it Page the coach at that time? Yeah, Pierre Page, yep. And he knew how to get underneath the skin of even his own guys. Sometimes, as I recall. <laughs> that is true. That is true. All right. Uh, the Dallas Stars, you're working on the broadcast down here. This is a team that a lot I, – I think I actually in our preseason prognostications, which is the automatic kiss of death, uh, Brent, uh, I think I had Dallas winning the Western Conference. Now, they're still in a good spot to do so. It's been an odd year because of what happened, obviously, with Jim Montgomery. Uh, what has Rick Bonas done well, or has he needed to do anything well, given the relative experience of this team? They're the second oldest team in the NHL. they got a lot of veteran players. But what do you think it is that's got Dallas in the spot they're in right now? Well, it's the, first of all, it's a talented team. You, if you're picking it, you know what I mean? That's got to be a gimme because you don't even have to do your homework. I know you don't do your homework in the summer, so somehow you pick the Stars. You're throwing darts, I guess. But the big thing about the Dallas Stars is they're a very talented team. And they started off the season bad. You know, it was 1-7-1 and one or whatever it was. That's when they went through their slump. Then they started to come back. Then they had the coaching change. And through it all, the good thing about the Dallas Stars is their coaching staff. They have a ton of guys with experience. And through it all, the team and all this adversity that they've had to go through, it really hasn't changed the way they've played. They've relied a lot on their great goaltending. You're going to hear about the, the defensive posture for the Stars, which is pretty good. But really, it comes down to great goaltending, and they have players now that can that are scoring goals. So that's coming around. But with the Stars throughout the entire season, everything 
hasn't been going on full cylinders. When the penalty kill is great, the power play stinks. When certain guys aren't scoring, other guys are stepping up and scoring. And that's the way it's been throughout the entire season. So that's why here in Starsland, if everything can align, and, and that's what happens to win a Stanley Cup, everything has to align. And if it does for this team, you may have your wish of them winning the Western Conference, and we may have our wish of getting another team here in Dallas to win a Stanley Cup. As you know, it's got to align, but this is a team really that I believe can do it. And Rick Bonus is a guy that has been even keeled. He's been around a long time. The players feed off him. You know him. He's a pretty laid-back kind of guy. He's not going to get excited in any situation. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And that, that's the way it is for him. So he's kept his thing moving forward and the stars and the rest of the team has been pretty resilient. Well, we talked about, you know, the orders maybe being a little bit of a surprise, and for them, special teams has been key. And as you know, that's often a reflection on coaching. But two former NHL head coaches, Glenn Gulson, who you know well from his time in Dallas's organization, and uh, Jim Playfair, like those guys. Are, and you look at Dallas, and uh, they've got some former NHL head coaches, including Todd Nelson, who I'm getting the sense might be in a slightly reduced role. Derek Laxtall, who won a Memorial Cup in Edmonton 2014, currently up with this team as well. But they do have some experience on that staff, as you mentioned. Yeah, you can pass it around. You can pass around the hat on any one of those guys that's been around, except for Laxtall. You know, he's making his way up. He's in charge of the power play. And uh, it's important. Specialty teams are important. The problem with the Stars is, yeah, the power play is really clicking along right now. Penalty kill, not so good. And uh, I spent the past couple games watching your team, the Oilers, and how they move the puck around and how creative they are. A lot of that is is pretty much, you know, their skill level. Yeah, there's got to be some entries and getting in, but when you've got McDavid in there and you got Dreisaitl moving that biscuit around, hey, put me in front of the net, I'm going to get you 20. Right? You and I can go yeah, well, there and they, we get 20 goals. They, well, they're they're pretty special. Well, only if we were back in Pee Wee's. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, Nugent Hopkins as well, Brett, in fairness, is probably not a first line. I mean, if he's on left wing, he might be a first line player. He's probably a second line player at center, but he's a first line power play guy throughout his career. And so they're allowed just to sort of have fluency in matching, and that's been successful. Now, the one thing the Stars can do is defend. How much of this is that they got a great one two punch and goal? And conversely, how much of it is team defense? You know, we don't talk about it much. It's not like here in Dallas, it's not everyday hockey, every four pages a day. So there, there is a little bit, in my mind, of a controversy, but we don't talk about it too much. We do have two great goaltenders, Ben Bishop, of course. You guys hear about Anton Hudobin, the backup, so-called backup. But I think right now Hudobin is actually outplaying Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop is the guy making the money. Ben Bishop is the guy with the contract, so he's going to be the number one. Hudobin's coming up as an unrestricted free agent, but of late, he's been the guy that's been stealing the show in my mind. And uh, obviously with Bishop out today, uh, you guys are going to get a nice little look at it. Hudobin and his uh, his acrobatics and his Russian bear mentality in front of the net and battling for position. So Oilers going to have to fight for position. You know, your team scores a lot of goals. Anton will be uh, up for the challenge, no question. 
So much focus, obviously, on Sagan and Ben, literally from the CEO of the company, down over the last couple of years. And uh, they're down a bit offensively. Uh, but there's been a couple other guys uh, I want to talk about. Rupe uh, Hintz, along with Dennis Garianov and Dickinson on that line. Those guys are going pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And when you talk about speed and the way the game's going, and you look at these two youngsters and they're pretty much a mirror of each other. They, they have that high-end speed going north and south. They've got unbelievable shots. They, when you talk to Bishop about Rope and you talk to him about Gariana, for Rope, hence, he's got one of the quickest releases on the team. Bishop was saying how hard it is for him to read the shot. And for Gariana, he's going to be looking for that one-time shot off to the left of the goaltender. He practices it every day, and he's got a bullet, he's got a drive. And both those kids can can separate themselves from anybody and you guys watch Connor McDavid every night and you can see what he does those two guys do that for us now we throw in a guy with a little bit of speed that can keep up with those two and Jason Dickinson he's played very well and he is basically the mop up he's the guy that's going to clean up for all the mistakes for those two kids because they can be helter skelter sometimes they're uh, Gary Onuff has gone under the coach's skin a little bit with his defensive zone coverage so they put Dickinson in the middle of that line, he's the, the safe guy, right? He's going to be the valve. He's going to clean up after him. He's going to forecheck. He's going to be back defensively. So he matches speed. So if you look at that second line with Dickinson, Hens, and Kirianov, they got a little bit of speed, and you're going to notice them tonight for sure. One, you know, the stars. Uh, Brent Klingberg had that big 67 point season a couple of years ago. But for me, that I, whenever I watch Dallas play, it's Hayeshkin, and that's the guy that has me intrigued. How special of a player is he on the back end? Oh, man, I had the ability to play with a guy named Scott Niedemeyer. And uh, Scotty was a guy that could skate himself out of trouble, move the puck effortless in his ability to skate and move the puck up the ice. And, and that's the kind of way Miro is. It's very quiet. For fans watching tonight or for people in, in, in the uh, arena that I always talk to, I say, key on Miro for a couple shifts. Just watch what he does. Because he wows me ever, almost every single shift. And it's not necessarily like it's a uh, Macar movement across the line or some quickness like Quinn from Vancouver. He doesn't have that. He's more of a steady influence, moves the puck up effectively, makes smart moves, jumps up. And that's what I like best about him. And that's why I think if, if the Stanley Cup is going to go through Dallas, you got to have Miro on the team because to me he is the, one of, he is the best overall defenseman for this team. Ethel Liddell is the best defensive defenseman, but overall it's Miro and uh, Klingberg would be the best offensively. So Miro's a little mix and match of those, but when you see him skate, when you see him move the puck up, he amazes me. He's my favorite player here for the Stars. Joined by Brent Severin, Vegreville, Alberta native, played over 300 games in the NHL, worked with the Stars broadcast. Uh, Brent, you played with Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg with the Colorado Avalanche and then with Mike Modano in Dallas. Those guys are Hall of Fame caliber players. Uh, Forsberg might have been the best player in the league at that time. I was a pretty big Eric Lindros fan as well, and I think the first five years Eric was in the league, I think he was the best player in the 90s for the first five, but Forsberg had a longer career. Um, I just want, is there any way you can kind of compare and contrast a guy like McDavid and the, the pace that he plays out today to, you know, three terrific Hall of Famers that you had the privilege of playing with up front? Yeah, there's nobody as fast, right, as McDavid. That, that's a whole different level. I played with Modano and him cruising up the ice, too. It's very similar. 
when you see Medano come around the net and really start to pick up speed, you know, it reminds me a lot of what McDavid can do and coming up ice. But it's a stick speed, too, for McDavid that is impressive, right? His ability to get that puck off quickly and change directions, kind of like most. So he's more like Medano, whereas Peter Forsberg is by far the best player that I have ever played with because you take Lindros and you take Forsberg and you put a puck in a corner, and I'm going to give you, I'll bet you on uh, Forsberg every time to get that puck out. Much smaller. He could probably bench 150 pounds, maybe. I doubt it, if that. But when you got on the ice and in the corner with Forsberg, he wanted that puck and his drive and his dedication. You guys know more about McDavid if he has that, that drive and that dedication and just that will to win as well as being a great person. That's where Joe Sackett and Peter Forsberg and that team I played with in Colorado uh, the year after they had won the Stanley Cup, that was the best team I ever played for. Even though I played with the Stars and won the Stanley Cup in 99, I really think the Colorado Avalanche were much better because of a guy like Peter Forsberg and a Joe Sackick, who were just great people along with being great athletes. You played at the height of the Colorado-Detroit rivalry. I know for sure you were involved in at least one of the return engagement uh, uh, brawls, right? The the one back, that, was it back in Detroit yeah. that you were part of that one? Yep, correct. Detroit was the one where we were full on. Anarchy. What do you, yeah, how much fun was that? I mean, it's fun, I mean, even for a guy like you, who's, you know, I mean, you knew your role and you knew what you could do. Uh, I, I'm sure there might've been some guys, in the, like, was it all hands on deck in that situation? You know what really was? There's not too many times in my entire NHL career that I was like, oh, this is, I want to go out and fight someone. There was actually two times. One was the one you just mentioned when I was with Anaheim and Timo Solani got elbowed in the head and we had a great big brawl. That one there was all hands on deck. And I didn't care who I was fighting or what I was going to do. I just knew that someone was going to pay. This, on the other hand, was the same thing. I actually left my elbow pads. I don't think I played with my elbow pads on that entire game because I was ready to go and drop the mitts as soon as we could. We just knew it was on. It was on like Donkey Kong, and uh, the boys were ready to go. Yeah, it's fun to look back on it, but at the time, you know, it's a little scary. But obviously, being one of the tougher guys in the league, it was a little easier for me. But that was one of the craziest situations in the NHL that I'd been involved with. But in the Western League, that was just every Friday and Saturday night. So we got used to it. (laughs) Right? Uh, One final it pertain program that you and me both care about. That's the University of Alberta. Ian Herbers is coaching that team. You played against Ian in the Western League. Um, just a thought on, you played the two years after Major Junior, before you went to the AHL. How important were those two years that you spent with striking to get to the National Hockey League? Oh, it's not only that, but it changed my life. Do you know what I mean? Because... I may have told people this before, but when I went to the University of Alberta, I didn't know much about it. So after after I had been drafted, after I went back in the draft, they didn't sign me, I thought I was done. I thought my career was over. I was going back to school. I was going to be in athletic therapy. I was going to become a physiologist and do all that sort of stuff. But it changed my life. And I, as soon as you stepped into that program with Claire Drake, Billy Moores and the crew, you, it was different. I, I looked around and I was like, this, this is interesting because I never had that. I had some good coaches in, in junior, but I never had that. And every day we did something that meant something. And my confidence grew, not only as a player, but as a person. They showed you how to treat people. They showed you what a 
winning mentality is. And when the Stars won the Stanley Cup, when I was part of that, I was just a black ace, but I, I watched how the dressing room worked and how the players interacted with each other. And then I went back all the way to those years with Claire Drake and, and the University of Alberta. And, and he did those things constantly on a day-to-day basis. It's how your room worked together. Everybody treated each other. And it's a really cool thing. And not only that, like I said, it's, it really inspired me to work with kids and inspired me to work and teach hockey. And I still do that to this day. I'm on the ice probably five or six days a week. So it's, it's pretty cool. And it was all fostered because of the University of Alberta. And what a great program. Changed my life. And not only did it do that, that was the start of the process that would get me to get my name on the Stanley Cup. And it was all started with those two years at the University of Alberta. So I am forever indebted to everybody there. And Claire Drake, obviously, you guys know what he's done. Uh, amazing person. And anybody who's gone through there, it, it's it's a cool program. And I'm glad it's still having success to this day. One of the kids out of Texas, uh, I don't know if you call him, uh, but he, there's a Texas, pro, uh, you know, developed uh, prospect in the Oilers lineup tonight, and he's gone, and that's Caleb Jones. He's really starting to, last night, 21 minutes. You can see the Jim Playford gaining more confidence from him. We're going to hear from him later on in today's show. Great stuff, Brent. We'll see you down the right tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. You bet. That is Brent Severin. It is 12.54 in Edmonton. Here's what we're going to do for the second time in the show today. We're going to merge a couple breaks. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer joining you from Dallas, Texas. The Oilers and the Stars night. It'll be a 6.30 Edmonton uh, time puck drop. 5 o'clock City 4 face-off show. Want to mention... This fall, you can join the president of New West Travel, Dennis Law Liberty, a spectacular 20-day trip to South Africa. This tour takes you through Cape Town, coastal villages, the famous Victoria Falls, plus two exciting safaris. Enjoy five-star hotels, meal guided tours. To book now, you can save $1,000 per Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Edmonton and Dallas tonight, we know James Neal is in. We're not quite sure who's out. Um... I, I can tell you this. Some people said, what about Andreas Athanasiu? I, I don't see that happening. I think the order's got to uh, keep playing him. He's just come new into the organization here. DJRK has done a good job killing penalties here. Played Edmonton second on the league in PK. Connor McDavid, by the way, has 18 points in 11 career games against Dallas. Drysaddle has four goals and 15 points in 14 games against the Stars, but has six goals and eight points in his last four games. Leon Drysaddle leads the NHL in scoring with 107 points. He's 13 points up on his teammate, Connor McDavid. The Oilers, by the way, are second in the Pacific with 78 points. They got a game in hand on Vegas, who's ahead of them by two points. Calgary is third in the Pacific, 75 points. Edmonton has a game on hand on them as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, we'll hear from Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.